a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We're in the final hour of today's episode of the program. Just after 2 o'clock right now is the KSL News Time 207. I want to jump right into this next conversation because I'm speaking to someone very important. I'm speaking to an ER doctor uh, who has recently penned an essay where she describes her experience working her shifts each day. She describes uh, what she sees. She describes the circumstances of those who uh, arrive at her door seeking help. She uh, talks about her, her own thoughts and feelings, and she talks about how her daily battle against the coronavirus, quite literally on the front lines, uh, how she is able to then make it back home, uh, both uh, with her sanity and with her safety, uh, keeping in mind, too, the safety of her own children. Uh, I'm honored to be joined by Dr. Marion Bishop, uh, an ER doctor who practices here in the state of Utah. Doctor, how are you? Fine, thank you. Thanks for such a dramatic introduction. That's really was, kind of you. Was it was it a little too much? Was it? <laughs> I, I have to Who be honest. That woman? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to be her. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I when I first read this essay of yours, uh, not not to be overly dramatic or anything, but I was hanging on every single word. Uh, there were things that you shared that I had never before uh, considered. So I guess uh, l- let's start at the beginning. Uh, you are an ER doctor. Uh, what does that mean? in this era of the COVID virus? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, it, it, it means that where I work in community hospitals um, along the Wasatch Front, that we're seeing, you know, a whole variety of COVID patients, you know, uh, folks who, you know, maybe are scared they have COVID and would like to be tested, folks who had a positive test and are worried about symptoms, you know, to people who are, you know, moderately sick, you know, not dangerously ill, but, you know, maybe struggling with some of the symptoms, you know, to people who are, you know, simply trying to die. Um, and uh, so there's a, there, there, there's a wide swath that this illness, you know, causes, and you kind of have to be prepared for whatever version of it you get on the day that, you know, you're on shift. You use that phrase, uh, people who are trying to die, obviously not their will, but rather what their body uh, is doing to them and what this virus is doing to them. Uh, talk a little bit g- generally about, as an ER doctor, how you uh, are, are from day to day uh, battling um, the, the, the challenges facing a body uh, as, it, uh, as it competes with death. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, I, I realize I'm like using ER shorthand, like kind of slang, like trying to die. The better way to put it is like people who are fighting to live. You know, um, in the in the early days, like like medicine has advanced like so fast in the last uh, five or six months, mm-hmm. as uh, ER doctors across the country have like learned on the ground how to take care of these sick patients. 
And in the early days, you know, we were, uh, the, the advice was to intubate everyone because people's oxygen levels get so very low and they're struggling so much to breathe. But over time, we have learned that um, some, like, super fancy, like, high-flow oxygen, like, if you can imagine a machine that gives you between 50 and 100 liters of oxygen per minute, like, kind of blown up your nose or through your mouth, um, that patients, the very sickest patients, uh, often do better if we at least try that. So there's, when someone arrives in the ER, there's a big assessment, you know, how sick are they? You know, do they do they need reassurance and some direction about how to manage their care at home? Um, do they need a modest intervention in the ER in terms of, you know, some testing or a chest X-ray or giving them some support with IV fluid or something like that so that they can manage it at home? Or do they need, you know, some of these high-powered interventions, maybe possibly even intubation and an ICU? So there's you're kind of just trying to, you know, assess where individuals are at and then to meet them with the appropriate care. Yeah. Uh, let me take a step backwards. Let's, let's kind of look at this in, an ac- in academic terms. Uh, you are, as a, as a practicing ER doctor, you are living through uh, a period in global history that will be recorded and studied uh, forever. You are in the midst of, uh, of medical history in the making. W- what's that mean to you? <laughs> it's something that most of my colleagues and I never imagined doing, right? Like, I had this naive idea in medical <laughs> school that, like, like the, you know, the, the realm of disease was known, right? Sure. And we, we learned it all, and we focused and tried to be responsible. But, you know, uh, nature and, um, yeah, the, the, like, you can get surprised. And uh, so it's been incredibly humbling. Uh, it's also very exciting because, you know, most of us got into medicine because, we care about people, and we want to be useful, and we want to have our lives have meaning. Um, and it's also kind of scary, you know. Um, uh, you know, there are people every day up and down, you know, the, the Intermountain Corridor who are risking their lives to take care of other human beings. And um, my hospital system has been great about protecting me with PPE, and uh, I, I feel really quite safe going to work, but that worry never fully leaves your mind. Yeah. You, uh, you're not in the hospital 24 hours a day. You have a life and a home to which you return each day. Uh, and in your essay, you describe uh, a fascinating process uh, which takes you from the hospital uh, safely back to your home. Would you describe that process for us? Oh, for heaven's sakes. Yeah, so, and, and I'm probably, you know, more rigid than some folks, but um, I'm uh, a single mother. I have two small children. Um, so, yeah, I, I usually shower before I leave the hospital. I kind of come to the end of my shift. I pass it off to the oncoming ER doc. Um, I shower before I leave the hospital. I put on clean clothes. You know, I drive home. I undress in the garage. I keep a big fluffy bathrobe in the garage just for this purpose. I put the hospital scrubs back in a, in a bag. It's actually a, an old Trader Joe's bag. Mm. Um, I put them up high where my kids can't reach it. I put my shoes up high where my kids can't reach it. And then I run from the garage through my backyard into like a separate door in the house, you know, shower again. And then I come see my family. So, And, and your um, children, they understand this process and they know that, uh, that it is for theirs and your safety. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of know to leave me alone until all of that is over. And, you know, COVID is mostly spread through respiratory droplets, but, you know, I would feel pretty awful if I brought anything home. And, 
you know, there are nurses and doctors everywhere who have their own, you know, ritual like this. Probably yeah. helps a little bit, probably comforts us a lot, right? Yeah. You know, but you, you probably have neighbors who are going through things like this. You just, you know, haven't known it if you didn't know to ask. Absolutely. And comfort and our, our yearning for comfort and creating systems and uh, behaviors to bring us closer to comfort, uh, that can't be underestimated. That's an important thing. Uh, Dr. Bishop, I admire you for the work you are doing. Uh, thank you for taking a few minutes to, to share a bit of your experience with us. Uh, your essay, uh, your blog post, is uh, it's beautifully written, and it gives a beautiful window into the experience of someone just like yourself. I'm going to have that posted on my Facebook page, invite people to go uh, read that, uh, see her experience, uh, and know that there are some real heroes out there, uh, and they're fighting to save uh, your life. Not to be too dramatic, uh, but that's uh, the, the honest truth. Dr. Bishop, thanks again. What a, what a pleasure and a privilege to join you. Thanks so much for the opportunity. 100%. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, uh, we're going to talk about President Donald Trump and specifically a tweet uh, which he put out just this morning. I'll read you the tweet. Uh, you probably know what I'm talking about. It's where he insinuated that we may want to consider delaying the election. Well, I'll just tell you right now, not a chance. Not a chance. We'll dig into that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.